I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Here's our fake ad. Today's show is brought to you by the fake flowers and rotting strawberries we found last night in the bag with leftover supplies from our launch party. Thank you for ruining all our leftover plastic Tupperware. We see the beauty in you. See, we're so good at this. If you're an advertiser and you want to work with us, contact us at FYI at she'sallfetpod.com. I think that about that a lot when you and I are walking around, actually. I'm mm-hmm. always like, we're two fat chicks. Like, Hell that's yeah. like what goes in my head as totally. well. Like walking. It's nice to have someone who has. I'm Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss fat friendships, fancy smells, and Riverdale. April, mm-hmm. what are you obsessed with this week? This is honestly an evergreen. I'm obsessed because I'm obsessed with this every week. Mm-hmm. A little show called Terrace House. I like reality television, obviously. I also like shows that feel like a social experiment. So I found this show because... Vulture told me to watch it, and I do whatever Vulture says. It takes place in Japan. The season I'm referring to takes place in the heart of Tokyo. Other seasons take place in more like coastal Japanese cities. And it's just about six people, three ladies, three men, move to this house that has a terrace, terrace house, and, you know, learn about each other. Sometimes they date. Sometimes they fall in love. Sometimes they form friendships. Sometimes they become sworn enemies. it's very calm. It's like the Great British Bake Off of reality Reality shows. shows. Yeah, it's not like the real world. Like, it's the same premise as a real world, but it's not. They're not fighting. They're like, a lot of conversations are just like, will you make me an omelet? Sure, I'll make you an omelet. You know? So it starts slow. I love it because I feel like I'm observing... Like, they're millennials, so it's like I'm observing how they interact with each other culturally and how that might be different or how that might be similar to how I'm used to being American and stuff. The show's, like, shot really beautifully, so the food looks beautiful, scenery looks beautiful. They're more just learning about, like, okay, how do they interact? What are their, like, ideas and values around dating? What do they look for in, in friends? Sounds like you're just trying to learn how to be human. I am a robot and trying to <laughs> observe. No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly just curious because I just want to know how other people do it. Because I think the way that Americans interact is sometimes, like, a bit much for me. Like, yeah. if you think about, like, the first episode of any season of The Real World, it's like, there's Tanya. I'm going to fuck her. <laughs> there's Steve. We're already in a fight. Like, I already pulled a knife on Steve. Oh the first episode of Terrace House is them all going to grocery shopping together quietly, just, like, squeezing I fruits. I did love, I have loved this scene that I've seen, like, seven times now where they all meet each other and they just like all stand up when someone new comes in the room they're like nice to meet you i'm excited to live with you and sit back down it's so nice i just love it but it doesn't always stay nice like that's the beginning and you know you have to stay into it but for me i'm like i tend to get committed to shows in the way that i can't get to committed to relationships It's like I will see the show to the very end. Well, that's because you only have to commit an hour in a, a week. Exactly, and that's my limit, everyone. <laughs> so, mirror for Terrace House. There's also a spinoff, Terrace House Aloha State, takes place in Hawaii. Whoa, wait, I want to watch that. Check it out; it's good. The other thing I'm obsessed with is this uh, Demetria woman. So, it's this Channel Eight reporter. Her name is Demetria, and she's out of Dallas. This woman on Facebook posted a photo of her and was like, I can't believe this woman is allowed to be on television. She, what did she say? She's like, she's a size 16 in a size 6 dress. Yeah. And she's like, she's ridiculous. Exactly. That's exactly what she said, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's so wild. So we'll post a picture to Demetria. Demetria is fine as hell, okay? And like, this woman is, she yeah, she said her fashion choices were ill-fitting and ridiculous. Demetria's an icon. She's wearing just a like a normal red dress. She looks beautiful. Like I can't believe you would look at somebody like that and think that's ridiculous and distracting. Really, what you mean is like 
I'm jealous of Demetria. She's the finest bitch alive. And it's like, just say that, Jan. So we're going to drop a clip to Demetria responding to the haters in a very classy manner. This is the way that I'm built. This is the way that I was born. I'm not going anywhere. So if you don't like it, you have your options. Now to the people who show love, I love you right back. That's what I'm obsessed with. What are you obsessed with this week? Okay, so as we get closer to holidays and like, I was going to say as we spend more time indoors in the winter, but like, let's be real, I spend all my time indoors. I don't do that outside uh, business. Yeah. Outside, I don't know her. <laughs> I really don't. Anyways, I just like the vibe of being inside in a sweater with a candle. I'm really bad at wearing perfume, but I like smelling it and thinking about it and buying it and then letting it sit there in a pretty bottle. But I do think like in my dream self, I've, I have a signature perfume and everyone's like "Ooh, it smells like sophie i have good. a signature perfume i'm out of it but i do what is it one. it's Giorgio armani aqua de i was gonna say is it dream by britney spears <laughs> <laughs> okay it was in 2007 <laughs> and for you to bring that up at a time like this. that's the one where she's in the hotel right yeah and there's like the sexy stranger and then they fuck in the hotel yeah she has like a wig on yeah. i love britney spears so much i did have all i'm not gonna friend like i didn't have every britney spears perfume you know i did but no, now I'm an adult, and yeah. I like Giorgio Armani. <laughs> I don't have a signature right now. I'd love to have one, but this writer who I really like and admire, her name's Rachel Syme, and she and this other writer do a newsletter called The Dry Down, which Dry Down is the name for, like, what a perfume smells like after it's dried down to your mm. skin, like, not when it's being misted in the air. It's a tiny letter that I will link in the show notes, and they just, like, go through a lot of recommendations and, like, talk about things. And they also have started doing these, like, collaborations with different places, which is really cool. So that's one resource for people. I just got this, like, rose perfume from Anthropology. So far, so good. I'm enjoying the smell. It doesn't stay too long, though, on your body. And I also just ordered the Glossier new perfume. Oh, you? I like yeah. the sample I got. I ordered it with my 20% off or whatever from Joanna. Thank you, Joanna Spicer. Thanks, Joanna. Guys, to Joanna. Literally, we'll link Joanna's link in the show notes so you can get money off. But I ordered the Glossier U, and I also ordered the birthday cake lip gloss from them that you have because it's so good. But also, I just wanted to share in the show notes this link um, from BuzzFeed about the candles at Target that have the same scent as the Anthropology candles because they are made by the same company slash factory. So I was excited to see this because I love the smell of Anthropology and it smells like fancy like two small artsy frocks, mm. you know? <laughs> I honestly had not entered an anthropology in so long. The other day we were there and it was like, oh yes, if I was a dainty white woman, this would be my jam. I know, because I good. usually really don't go into shops that don't carry plus sizes anymore, but Madewell and Anthropology are the two that I just like can't quit. Mm-hmm. I just like going in them. It feels good. Like, it feels like this is my cute little, like, yeah. the hills lifestyle. I want a there. fancy fat shop. Also, last scent thing. It's just that I like to get this little treat for myself at Christmas time, and it's a Nest fragrance candle. You know, there's like always like pumpkin spice candle or whatever. I always think that they smell really bad and fake. Like mm-hmm. I think they, a lot of them smell like um, car f- air fresheners. This one smells like Christmas to me. It's like pine, but like good pine, like not that fake pine. Like a tree. Yeah. Like actually like a tree. I love it. It mm. smells so good. It's so small but and inexpensive, but I just think it really... It, like, really smells like Christmas to me. I don't know why. It smells like expensive mall Christmas. Oh, I love that. You know what I mean? I love that smell. Let's move on to our review shout-outs. Okay, we're going to start with people who have left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Okay. So we got Mariah Oxley. That's my my little friend from Stanford. She was um, in the group Younger Than Me in my sketch comedy group. Mm. Shout out to you, Mariah. Shout out to She's Mariah. killing it at BuzzFeed New York. That's awesome. Um, we got 19 TJ Hillman 85. We got Listen to Understand, which hard agree. We got Cat Mom Pod Person, iconic same. name. Question mark, same. <laughs> we got V from LA and we got Amanda Models PDX. Cool. And our last one is from Kelly Cutchin, who left us a beautiful review. We got some Patreon shout-outs. Thank you so much for being a part of the Patreon family. Um, if you go onto our Patreon, then you'll get all kinds of rewards, and we write a long post every single week with, like, behind-the-scenes pictures of us in, like, face masks and shit. You're really selling it. <laughs> I'm just, 
I put a lot of work into them. I hope people like them. I think that they're like fun and it's kind of just like getting a little extra blog post every week. And then there's also like community and stuff that you can tap into. Oh, the Facebook group is popping. It's a good ass community. Yeah. Jump in, you guys. It's really fun. So our new Patreon members, Emma Huntoon, Jessica Hetherington, friend of mine from high school, um, Alex Lashinsky or Lashinsky, um, and Emily Milligan. Thank you guys so much for joining Again, truly means the world to us. We like really, really love being a community supported podcast and we care about you guys and what you think and what you have to say. Okay. Correction slash news. We wanted to let you guys know that we will be taking next week off um, because it's Thanksgiving and doesn't make much sense to release on Thanksgiving when you should be with your, you know, friends and family, chosen friends or chosen family or blood family or I guess blood friends, you know, that could be a thing. Anyways. We'll be off next week, but we will have a little mini-sode for you in case you need something to, like, listen to when you're taking a break from, like, Aunt Myrtle out in the backyard. So, <laughs> Or your grandma calling you fat in the kitchen. <laughs> That's where I will be. See yes. you there. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to um, release a little mini-sode next week. Same time, same place as normal. And we will have some of our um, happy favorite little Thanksgiving things in there and also a few strategies for dealing with those Thanksgiving comments because you know they're coming are you sure you want two scoops oh my god you look so good like you look like you've been trying (laughs) (laughs) okay some brief corrections number one my sister and my boyfriend both made sure to tell me that i said capillary wrong Mm -hmm. i guess i said capillary or something i just think this is fine like I don't care. You can say it whatever way you want. (laughs) Look, I didn't say caterpillar, so we're on the right track. (laughs) Also, as always, gotta say a hashtag, sorry, Lindsay. Sorry, Lindsay. Get it trending, hashtag, sorry, Lindsay, for asking you to make all the bracelets for the pumpkin spice meetup next week. It'll be this week. It'll be tomorrow. It'll be tomorrow. When you hear this. Hashtag, sorry, Lindsay, for asking you to do that labor, but, like, you're the best one at making the bracelets, so... Appreciate you. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks, Sorry, Lindsay. Lindsay. Sorry, Lindsay. Okay. Also, we have a great happy announcement that we were asked to be part of a speaker series. It's online, so you all can download it and listen to it if you would like. Lauren McCauley, who is a body love coach, and Jenna Free, who's an intuitive eating counselor, the two of them come together and make the Body Love Society. And they have a new speaker series called You Ain't Your Weight, How to Feel Good in Your Body, Feel Free Around Food, and Ditch the Diet Once and For All. And we did a little interview with them, gave some helpful tips, and just had a great discussion. They were super nice girls, and it was like, oh, or women. I guess I should stop doing that. <laughs> I, I always, always say, say girls, girls. but Jinx. it really depends on the person. Because I really feel like I'm a girl, but sometimes Same. women are women. I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Oh my god, shut <laughs> up! <laughs> I, I just need some time. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Okay, these um, beautiful women that we met have this great course where you're going to learn about body image, intuitive eating, body positivity, and they are experts on how to take action on changing your life by changing the way you feel around food, how you feel in your body, and how to live a life full of joy and happiness that lets you no longer need to wait on the weight. By combining intuitive eating, self-love, and body acceptance, we can finally feel good in our bodies, feel free around food, and ditch the diet once and for all. Yeah. Very real. We're going to have a link in the show notes for you guys to check it out. It's a completely free series um, that will be delivered straight to your inbox. Just a this week correction. Sorry that I said girls. It's just, I just think of myself as a girl, but like, I don't feel like an adult. I don't know. No, me either. But I am. I'm a full ass adult. I live in a house. I'm a woman. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, we should really get to the beat of it. Don't you think? Yes, let's do it. The meat of it. This week on The Meat of It, we're talking about being a fat friend or how to be a better friend to your fat friend, both sides of it. And also, we want to touch on a little bit the magic of friendships between fat women. Yeah. Much like Soph and April, mm-hmm. your fairy fat mother. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. This is like a really fun, loving topic, I feel like, because unlike other topics where we're like, this sucks, 
that sucks. These people suck. Mm -hmm. We're like talking about how we can all support each other and like be there for each other and what we need and what we need from each other. It's going to be nice and soft. So what are we starting with? I want to start with a depiction, a media depiction of what it's like to be a fat friend from the most recent example I can think of, The Duff. So if you don't know... The movie The Duff is starring Mae Whitman, who, even though she plays a 17-year-old in this film, was like 28 when this was created. Also, Mae Whitman's not fat. She's also not fat. (laughs) She is adorable, though. The movie is based around this concept that she is the Duff of her friends, which we'll find out in the clip what the Duff means. Where are your girls at? It's actually not my job to give you intel on my best friends. It kind of is, though, as their Duff. Sorry, as their what? Duff. D-U-F-F. Designated ugly fat friend. What did you just say to me? Every group of friends has one. You know, the one who doesn't look as good, thus making their friends look better. The one who's easy to talk to because no one's trying to get with them. Dang. That makes me so mad. (laughs) Isn't it so ridiculous? I really hate it. What I will say is I had heard of this phrase before the movie came out. Yeah, I feel like not... I don't know if anyone had ever used it. For me... I do think it's real or, like, I've definitely experienced it, especially when I was, like, more thirsty for friends Mm -hmm. that, like... Then girls like having someone they think they're hotter than to be around. And I've know? definitely experienced in the movie they show a lot of like men using May Whitman's character to talk to like her friends. Yeah. So they're like, give me info on Bianca. Mm-hmm. Like what's Bianca's like? And I've definitely experienced that. Me so too. I mean, of course, because this is like a team rom com, it's like turned up to level twelve. Even though I think it's a little ridiculous, I actually didn't think it's kind of a useful media depiction in that the movie is all about how like she's being mistreated. Like it's about how she's cast off and like it's unfair. Yeah. I mean, that's great, but, like, Mae Whitman is neither ugly nor no. fat. And, that, like- that's brought up in the movie, to, to give them credit. And he's kind of like, no, you're not fat, but it's a catch-all. Cause, and he's, like, basically doesn't want to say, like, you are the ugly one. But that's also not, I mean, It's whatever. not true. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Basically, she's just the one not wearing makeup in the movie right. more it's than anything else. It's such a, like, else. take off your glasses and then you're hot transformation, you know? She really but- does have a makeover sequence in Act 3. Oh, no. It's an interesting concept to like unpack a little bit it's just like what what did that feel like and how can people who are thin make it so that that is not their fat friends experience in my life it's come out as thinner girls will say they'll put down another girl in front of me in a way that's like she's fat and i'm thin i do think that that happens i don't know i i hope that like some of our straight size listeners can like reflect and see if they've ever been a part of that i think it's like a fairly natural emotion to want to feel reassured by feeling like you're better than other people. Oh my God, I love your skirt. Where did you get it? Uh, it was my mom's in the 80s. <gasps> Vintage. So adorable. Thanks. <laughs> that is the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. But I think as adults, we should be able to say like, that's like my id. <laughs> like that's not my better self. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to be better than other people or feel like I have to be the hotter one in a group to feel good or whatever. There's got to be a way to have some self-confidence that doesn't involve like other people reassuring you. Like comparison. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, something they show in the movie a lot that is a helpful image is the shopping thing where you're going shopping and your friends are like, do I look fat? And you Mm -hmm. have to be like, you don't look fat, even though I'm fat. (laughs) So I just think if it's like people are wanting to get an easy tip of what's an easy behavior to point out and not do it anymore. I'm I'm like, I think it's just that. Like, don't make your fat friend ignore their existence or, like, cast off their existence to make you feel better. Basically, you're admitting that fat is bad to make you feel better. Or just don't, like, if you have someone that you would describe as your wing woman, you better be their wing woman, too. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know how many times in high school or or early college I'd someone be like, this is my wing woman. And and I'd always be like, because I'm, like, the fat one that... We'll go talk to, like, make it easier for guys to talk to you. That's very easy. It's kind of just, like, really, what do you what do you really think of your fat friend? Are they, like, supporting characters in your story? Yeah. Like, are they there to make you feel better and, and do your dirty work and help you feel more confident? Are you reciprocating that right. behavior? Um, I think a lot of times the answer is no. Mm-hmm. It's sad. But I think it, it's a good time in our space in this episode to kind of identify those behaviors and be like, listen... You can turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's a really alienating feeling as a friend to be like, oh, okay. And you notice. You don't see me. It's not yeah. like we don't notice. Totally. Totally. 
just a just a side note that at the end of the duff the guy who just called her a duff to her face ends up ignoring the fact that she's a duff and falls in love with her and the last line of the movie is he becomes homecoming king and she's like are you gonna go get your crown and he's like no i'm gonna get the girl and then he makes out with her in front of everybody and then everyone's like ew (laughs) that's hollywood baby it's bad I mean, that just contributes to, I mean, that's a separate issue because it just contributes to the narrative that, like, traditionally hot men don't like fat women. Although, again, May Whitman, not fat. Not fat. Not even <laughs> chubby. Not even <laughs> chubby. She's, like, size eight. She's, like, a size eight, maybe. At most. I'd say probably a six. Okay, so thinking about the Duff again made me want to talk about kind of the ex- the real-life experience of what it's like to be the fat friend for people who might not know. And whenever I think of that experience, like, flashing back to junior high school, I always just think of that same image of me at Forever 21, like, shuffling through the statement necklaces yeah. and me just, like, waiting for my friends outside of Air Apostle because they were trying to get, like, boot-cut jeans. Yeah. And they didn't come in my size. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this, like, it was just always this alienating feeling of I feel like I had to pretend like it didn't bother me because I didn't want sympathy or whatever. At that time, I felt like it couldn't bother you because everyone was kind of dancing around saying you were fat. Totally. Everyone, nobody was like directly acknowledging it. It's like it was a secret, but we all saw it. Yeah. And it's like, and if there's not another fat person in the group, then it's just like, you don't want to bring the group down. So just pretend like you're cool with it and yeah. just like wait at the orange Julius. With <laughs> <laughs> so much of those experiences. Just a feeling of alienation that everyone is having the shared experience of being like, you try this on, you try that one, you try that one. And it was always just about this dejected feeling of like, I'm not going to be a part of that because of my body. Like I felt limited by my body. Me too. And so it just created this like separation. Yeah. We were just talking about this feeling of like so a lot of wanting to be thin as a person who's like a young adult is just about mm-hmm. wanting to like fit in the clothes, wanting to have that experience. Yes. For me, it was like, I want to look like Lizzie McGuire. I want my midriff to be out. I want a glitter top. I want low rise jeans. They don't come in my size. And it was just, just so yeah. frustrating. You just want a chance to be a protagonist instead of like a constant before. You wrote here like finding your role in the group. Yeah. Like totally. I've been all of these. The funny one, the mean one, the mom one. Absolutely. Whatever you are, you're not the sexy one. No way. For me, I feel like I was always trying to find my role because it's like, we're friends, but I don't fit. I don't physically fit. Mm-hmm. And I also don't fit. Like, yeah. because I'm like, I'm a lot in a lot of ways, including my body. Like, I feel like I have big personality, big presence, and I didn't fit. So I was like, maybe I'm this one. Maybe I'm, at some point, I'm like, oh, I'm the mean girl. Maybe I'm the Regina George. Maybe I'm this one. I had a lot of guy friends, freshman and sophomore year of high school. And one of my guy friends, like, one time, he spent the, like, latter half of a week being very cuddly with me and, like, putting his arm around me. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, he showed up with... um of being the boyfriend of a girl in the group. And I literally said to him, like, did you just, like, practice on me? And he was like, yeah. He said, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, and I went home and cried. Of course. (laughs) That's awful. It's just just about that it's, like, people don't see you as a full person when you're, like, a fat teenager. Yeah. You're, like, transition. Or if if a guy didn't like you, it was, like, a secret or, like, just for now or something like that. Or it's just a constant, like, when you get older, meaning, like, when you get thin, Mm -hmm. like, when you get off the baby weight or, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like... Baby weight. What a cute idea. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, it's like, I'm going to have baby weight until I have a baby and then have that kind of baby baby weight. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll have that baby's weight in addition to my baby weight. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think, like, in general, described roles are limiting and, like, using someone who you view as sexually not viable to find out information or like be kind of a fulcrum of access to people who are more sexually viable is like usually what they're talking about in this duff thing of like the hot friends are there and then the duff is there as like oh an easy entree or like the hot friends are there and then it's like easier from the for them to hang out with the duff because there's like no com- like competition yeah or whatever yeah what's at stake i would never be with you that right kind of thing so it's like pretty much all you have to do to realize that's fucked up is be like do i use people <laughs> am i okay with using people honestly and if you're not then um don't treat people like that i am very curious to hear from listeners who have been on the other side of that who like felt comforted or more secure mm-hmm. through having someone who would have been the duff for their group. Not in a like, I want to, you know, celebrate that, but just in a like, I want to know if you think about that now or if you 
regret that or if you like know that some of what you did was maybe kind of fucked up. And like, how did you feel about it at the time? Is it a hindsight thing or at the time where you're like, this is Kayla. She's my fat friend. I keep her around to feel better about myself. Like I I am curious. Email us your stories, guys. Yeah. We want to know the other side. So um, I found this article on Bustle by Marie Southard Ospina. Cool. um, And she wrote about the relationship she's had with plus size women throughout her lifetime, some in person and some online. And I wanted to read this little excerpt. By refusing to not be seen in their fatness, they've encouraged me to allow myself to be seen. By normalizing and celebrating their bodies, they've allowed me to recognize that I deserve to do the same. By deconstructing diet culture and talking openly about intersectionalism and wearing crop tops and bikinis, they've made it clear that living life loudly, boldly, and freely needn't be put on hold until you achieve someone else's definition of beauty. They've allowed me to reject the thin woman within and be satisfied with the fat woman not within. Agree, Marie. This was beautiful. I feel like that was a great summation of like what it feels like to have a relationship with someone where it's like you feel seen and the shorthand is there. I don't have to describe to you what it's like to be like, yeah, I literally have 40 statement necklaces because I didn't fit in anything. Like you already know, you know, I appreciate it. Totally. I think about that a lot when you and I are walking around, actually. I'm Mm -hmm. always like, we're two fat chicks. Like that's like what goes in my head as well. It's it's honestly like it's nice to have someone who has that same experience who has your back when like someone gives us a look out of the side of your eye, we both like know what the look is. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Totally. It's also like it's been a while since I had like a fat friend who was on the same kind of like self-love category of Mm -hmm. things, which is like, you know, as we always say, it's not an indictment of you if you're like not there yet. No. But it's so nice to be around someone whose body is like similar to yours, who's also like, yeah, we're cool. Yeah. This is good. (laughs) We like this. Like not just sharing of trauma, but Mm -hmm. also being like, hey, look at this cute thing. (laughs) Sometimes it's fun to make jokes about us being fat, but only Mm -hmm. between us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like the heavy breathing thing we were just talking (laughs) about. Guys, we were just we were just joking about this because both of us will sit here getting ready to record and we're just listening to ourselves doing heavy breathing, which I think, like, is, <laughs> I think is just because we're fat. We're both fat. Like, I also have asthma, but either way, like <laughs> we're just listening to each other struggle yeah, to breathe. I don't <laughs> I don't have asthma. I do have sleep apnea. Oh, okay. But like, yeah, literally if anyone else was like, why are you breathing so heavy? I'd be like, I'm not. Uh, I'd be like, I just ran. Um, Who's fat? What? Who's fat? (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just like so much, it's so much more fun. I don't, I don't have to worry that you're like judging me or making fun of me. So we can just kind of laugh about these things that otherwise feel very like scary to Mm -hmm. laugh about together. Totally. Because it's the same things that we're laughing about are the things that other people have criticized before in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. But it just feels different. And even with like other relationships through my life, it's always been the thing of, okay, the thing that I'm ashamed of, now I can remove some of that shame through that relationship. Right. It's, like, so, so, so crucial. That's one of the reasons that we, like, wanted to do this podcast is because it's so nice to have this space to talk about things, and we hope that it's true for you, our fat listeners. Totally. Then listeners just be jealous of our fat <laughs> friendship. You're not invited. Fat yeah. girls home. <laughs> but, no, for me, it means so much to us when people, like, leave us reviews or write it in, and they're like, Finally, I feel like I have the fat friend I always wanted. Finally, I yeah. feel seen in some way. And I'm like, man, that's that's worth, you know, us in this room farting together for 24 <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> like, that was, means so much to me because that feeling of being seen can totally change how you see yourself, totally. you know? It's just such a nice feeling. Okay, so we talked about being the fat friend to thin people, being fat friends with each other. And now I want to just really read some excerpts from... One of our fave activist writers and Twitter follows your fat friend at YRFatFriend on Twitter. They're a really great writer and they're always like tweeting out really thought provoking things or they'll tweet out like, hey, fat people, what do you think of this? And Mm -hmm. it's like really validating to scroll through. We're going to put a link in the show notes to all these things I'm about to read from and also to their Medium page and Twitter Um, This is from a piece that your fat friend wrote called If You're Right About Your Fat Friend's Health. In the beginning of this article, the author describes a group of people sitting next to them. Um, The friends sitting next to them are talking about 
one of their fat friends and how they're so worried about her and they're so like, oh, doesn't she know she's going to get diabetes and like just that kind of thing. Here's the excerpt. Was this how thin people spoke to one another when fat people weren't around? Was this how my family and friends talked about me? I had long suspected it was, but hadn't heard it firsthand. At the diner, I was a fly on the wall for a conversation that was predicated on my absence. These two had ordained themselves ministers, duty-bound to exercise her fat, all in the name of health and concern. But their conversation didn't have any hallmarks of concern. Concern is curious, tender, loving. Concern is direct and heartfelt. Concern does its work delicately, with great care. It looks after the people you hold dear. Concern is rooted in love, but their conversation was rooted in power and open contempt. Concern does not flatten everything in its path. I had been flattened. I could only imagine how these strangers' absent loved one felt. Okay, so that was... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, your fat friend's response to these people talking about their fat friend, which I've also overheard conversations like that and had the same thought of like, I wonder how many people I know are talking like that about me. Yep. And the answer is probably, like, a lot. Yeah. And that's I mean, really hurtful. Yeah. And then later in the piece, um, basically what she says is, like, some of your fat friends might be healthy, fat being fat. Some of your fat friends might not be healthy. And, like, does your allyship with them depend on their health? Are you only willing to defend them from fat, like, fat hatred if you think that they're healthy? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read a little part of that. Cool. In the face of sickness, real sickness and pain, would you still appoint yourself a grim reaper or an expert sent to save your fat friend from her own body? Or would you find a way to love her, to care for her in an unimaginably difficult moment? Yeah. So what do you think about that? I think she puts that really well. I think what she's really describing is this ultimate moment of like betrayal and like just this feeling of you. For me, I've always said the one superpower I wish I could have is mind reading like I always I'm like curious what people not that I like I don't care <laughs> but not that I I'm curious about what people think of me when they don't think I can hear so this is a moment where you're getting a glimpse into what people think of you yeah because you're the same body they're describing and it's a betrayal hopefully if you've ever done that it makes you think about how it might feel to your fat friend if you've ever talked about them. Are your relationships with thin people based on their health? Mm-hmm. Like, is this really about health? Yeah. Or is this about that you your hatred of the way my body looks yeah. and fear that your body will look like that? Because I don't think it's really about health. No. Because did you ask me if I have my inhaler refilled? <laughs> Do you I mean, care? That's why she's saying all this about concern. It's yeah. like that's why the term concern trolling exists, you know? It's like not real concern. No, of course not. Okay, so moving to from like kind of these beautiful explainers about experiences to direct requests to thin friends. So this is from your fat friend's piece a request from your fat friend, what I need when we talk about bodies. I need you to consider your audience. When you say you hate your body for being so fat or that you are afraid of becoming fat, or when you say that you shouldn't have eaten that lunch or dessert, or when you announce your new year's resolution to lose five, 10, 25 pounds, you're saying that you don't want your body to end up like mine. Your feelings are real and true and valid, and you should still not say them to the fattest person you know. I know that all of us are impacted by body shaming and that everyone has real valid, deep, hard feelings about our bodies. I still need you to stop perpetuating it, especially when talking about yourself. 
No amount of caveats or prologues make it hurt me less. I need you to know that I'm taking it personally because it is personal. When you ask me what I need and I tell you, I need you to try. So real. <laughs> I think specifically just, this just makes you think of that experience of having to tell somebody like, oh, no, you don't look fat in those jeans. Yeah. I look fat in those jeans. Just And it's always like I don't understand what that motivation is to make your fat friend say that to you. I think it's like, okay, you're the thing I'm scared of. So tell me, because you know what it is what it is to be fat. You tell me I'm not that. And I think, honestly, even though this seems like an easy ask to just not say, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. Oh, I look fat. This is hard for a lot of women. It's super hard, which is why I appreciate that your fat friend spends all that time being like, listen, your feelings are valid. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can say them to me. Totally. Okay. For the last quote, I want to read... From this piece of hers called To Body Positive Friends Who Don't Wear Plus Sizes. So this is really the one we have gotten a lot of questions like this Mm -hmm. that are like, I'm thin or like I'm straight size and like I want to be a better friend. So I think this honestly sums up like most of what I want to say. All right. It means so much to be able to talk about all of this with you. You and I are breaking a silence together, speaking for the first time about the ways in which both of us are shamed, hurt, pressured, all because of the shape of our skin. We're throwing off what we've been told our bodies mean and must be. And that means taking on the Sisyphean task of training ourselves to think differently about our bodies, what they're capable of, and the lives we can lead now, whether we lose weight or not. Doing all of that means building a different relationship between you and I. We can no longer relate over the desolation and loneliness we believe our bodies prophecy. We can no longer return to the comfortable small talk of hating where our skin falls, whether it is convex and concave in the right places. As a person who wears straight sizes, you know the obsessive focus on specific parts of your body, the way your friend's eyes may linger on your hips after you've put on five pounds, the uninvited comments from your mother or aunt. But when you and I talk about our bodies, there will be a point where you no longer see yourself reflected in my experiences. A very fat friend may tell you about the day strangers mooed at her from a passing car, throwing trash at her feet. She felt relieved they didn't hit her face or work uniform. You may be the only person she's told for fear she wouldn't be believed. Do not buckle under the weight of your own discomfort. Stay in the conversation, even when my experiences seem impossible to you. Sit with it. You may not be able to imagine a doctor saying something so callous and cruel to a patient he's entrusted to treat or a business owner going through a hiring process. You may think that can't be true. He must have heard it wrong. She's just being oversensitive. You're right. These remarks are so deeply unkind that it's hard to imagine why someone would think it's okay to say. But fat people are seeing things you can't yet, things that only happen in the presence of bodies like ours. When you insist our experiences can't be true, even in your good-hearted disbelief, it reminds us that our experiences aren't to be spoken because they can't be heard. They won't be met with support or solidarity, won't be acted upon. They will be brushed aside as we often are. Do not reject your fat friend's experiences out of hand because of a lack of context. Instead, find the context. Look harder. Sharpen your vision. Listen closely. Learn to see fat shaming everywhere because it is. Stand up to fat shaming wherever you see it, not just if it's aimed at thin people or people who are fat for a reason you know and have learned to find acceptable. Redouble your commitment to stop talking about how much you hate your body. Learn to get out from underneath the ways you've been taught to hate fat people by hating yourself. There is no telling a fatter friend that I hate the way I look, but it's fine for you. There's no safe haven of hating your body that doesn't also rely on logic that marginalizes mine. If you hate the fat on your body, that will color your perception of mine. I need you to hear me. Kind of like covers it all. <laughs> like the fact that I'm your nightmare. Right. Looking like me is your nightmare. Where you're like, that can't be true. People can't treat you that way because that's the, too the scary for me. I'm like, you don't even know the half of it. Yeah. And I think if you're a thin friend and you real, if you're, if your fat friend confides in you that this thing happened, it took so much. Yeah. Please don't be there to like be refuting it. Yeah. I promise it happened. I promise worse has happened. Oh my God. It's yeah. just... Especially because if a fat friend is confiding in you, it means that they don't think that you will react with pity because mm-hmm. that is like the absolute worst. Totally. If you tell something to someone and they're like, oh my God, I feel so sorry for you. And you're like, if 
fuck, I wish I'd never said anything. Totally. Just be a witness to it. Yeah. Just, like, believe that it happened. Because sometimes something happens to me and it feels so ridiculous <laughs> that you're almost like, is that, did someone really just wind down their window and scream fat bitch on, at right. me on the street? <laughs> yeah. Did that really happen? That is, yeah. And that is, like, a difference between a thin friend and a fat friend is that you could say that to a fat friend and they could, a fat friend could help you laugh about it. Yeah. I don't want a thin friend to help me laugh about it. I want them to be like, that really sucks. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Just be a witness to it and just believe me. Yeah. So we'll put the links to all those pieces I read um, excerpts from and some other ones I recommend highly in the show notes. Thank you to your fat friend for your beautiful writing and just like constantly being out there and being kind of raw and emotional. Um, I really like enjoy following your fat friend and get a lot from their writing. So if you have any spare change, please also consider throwing them a few dollars on their PayPal or coffee account or whatever. And if you want sort of daily reminders and tips on how to be growing on this journey of becoming a better friend to your fat friend, you got to follow. We can't say enough. So what I really wanted us to do in this episode is try to come up with three good takeaways, three top tips for people who want to be better at being friends to their fat friends. For straight-sized people who want to be better friends to their fat friends? Yes. Okay. So my first one is think about the person you are and your behavior when they're not around. Yeah. Do you laugh at fat jokes when they're not there to Mm -hmm. look at you sadly? Do you tell your other thin friends that they don't look fat? Yeah. (laughs) Like, because that's the hardest part about being any sort of marginalized is that I'm not in those rooms. I'm not in those spaces. But if you're sort of reinforcing those stereotypes and those, that hatred, it's just going to exist more in the world for me. Yeah. So I think number one is just like, be, be that good friend to them. Have their back when they're not around. What we just talked about, number two, would just be like, be very aware of the negative self-talk you do around your fat friend mm-hmm. and why you're doing it and what you're looking for. Just like kind of try to interrogate that for yourself. And what it will sound like to them. Like I think mm-hmm. if you're about to say a sentence like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have that pie. I'm bad. Think about your friend who's fat. Mm-hmm. How are they going to interpret that? Yeah. And then once you think of it from that way, don't say it. And then I would say number three is just if they're comfortable, if there's someone who has explicitly said to you that they want to call themselves fat or that they're on a journey of body positivity or that they want to talk about this kind of stuff, then I would encourage you to ask them questions like, hey, I want to go to the mall. Do you want to come with me or would that be shitty for you? And kind of leave it open for them to tell you their experiences. I think a lot of times what was so separating for me with my thin friends is that they felt too uncomfortable to ask me questions or be like open with me or Mm -hmm. be like, are you okay? And then, and they wouldn't even ask that. And then I would feel like I couldn't share with them. So just like trying to think of ways that are respectful of your friends, you know, feelings and self image that you can make it clear that you're open and that you're there to support them. And don't make them ignore their own existence or experience like to make things easier for you yeah like i think that's a great tip is just ask like yeah. do you want to watch me try on jeans for an hour yeah is <laughs> Give there somewhere them the, you yeah, want to go <laughs> totally don't make them suffer through it yeah like literally i've never had a thin friend offer go- to go with me to avenue no way that would be incredible that would be incredible if someone was like oh we always go to the stores i can fit into where do you want to go today and like came with me can you imagine if i was wow. the back girl walking around like lane bryant with a thin friend i've never even seen that at Lane no, Bryant. It's ever. always it's always me and Lane Bryant with my mom and then other girls with their moms yes. and everybody's miserable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you is. imagine if we had the experience of a thin friend walking around with us? That would have changed amazing. everything. Yeah. You would have felt so seen. You would have oh felt God. so please do that for your friend. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> That's a good idea. Okay, and then the thing I wanted to talk about is if you are a fat person and you want to have some more fat friends. Just a couple quick ideas for you. So there's like, you know, the internet is a great place, just like Maria Southard Aspina said in that article. Um, the internet's a great place to find people like you. So if you're looking for other fat people, you don't have to type in like, you know, fat people friends. <laughs> but just like if you search out the people, like if you started following someone like your fat friend on Twitter and then you looked at who replied to them a lot and then you were like, hey, like, oh, blah, blah, I could follow this person and we can talk, whatever. Totally. In real life, sometimes because of that duff phenomenon, it would be like one fat girl per group of friends because like <laughs> of the like whole hierarchy way of thinking, totally. if that makes sense. But like you probably know other fat people. You could just be like, 
hey, let's go get coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like, we're fat. You want to hang? No, it'll, it'll, it'll come up. I promise. <laughs> but um, you could just yeah. like, if you, I think that's a true test of if you're really, if you're a fat person and you're really um, battling any of the internalized fat hatred you have is if you feel comfortable like talking to other fat people, you know? Totally. If you want to do that, then that's great. And also, if enough people want to, you can totally tweet at us, and we will connect some cute fatties to each other, do a little friend connection. Heck yes. Or if you're a Patreon, we have a Facebook group <laughs> yeah. with lots of lovely oh people. They're who, so great. Everybody there is, like, slowly becoming friends and sharing, and it's a great place to talk about your experiences. So, I mean, not really a plug. <laughs> like, I'm not saying become a patron, but, like, become a patron. <laughs> become a patron. Yeah. I hope that this address some of the questions people had. This is one of our favorite topics to talk about is just like friendship. And we didn't even get into like any gender dynamics of it about like, you know, um, intra female or femme relationships mm-hmm. that I think has another whole special layer to it. Totally. So we have more to talk about. So we'd love to hear your feedback um, on what we talked about this up. But if you have more questions, let us know. We'll do fat friend part two. So that's the meat of it for this week. We've solved the complicated nature of being a fat friend. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Here on She's All Fat, while we don't believe in capitalism, we are looking to sell out. This week, we're supported by our Bella Hadid homeboy memes and our cleansing brushes. If an advertiser doesn't want to come through with a sponsorship, it's quiet for them. But if an advertiser wants to come through with a sponsorship, homeboy's gonna, like, get it. If you'd like to become a beloved advertiser and support us as well, contact us via our website. Thanks! And now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to fyi at shazelfatpod.com. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at fyi at shazelfatpod.com, and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah. My name is Hannah. I am a Canadian who is completely obsessed with She's All Fat. I am obsessed with Riverdale. I love it. And I was obsessed with Archie Comics as a kid. And I noticed two things in the new show that I thought were interesting for your podcast and wanted your thoughts on. So the first one is about the Lodge family. And spoiler alert, in the show, the Lodge family is like truly evil. Um, But they are racialized. They're Latino. And in the comic books, they obviously aren't. Um, So I thought that was really interesting. There's no other Latino characters in the show except for them. Um, And they are, you know, drug and mob kingpins really um so i thought that was really interesting and then the second thing that i was actually more fascinated by was ethel so i don't know if you ever read the comic books but in the comic books ethel is this teeny tiny skinny little nerd um but she's brilliant she's really smart she's obsessed with jughead and that's her character in the show she's not in the show she's i mean she's not fat but she's chubby and by tv standards i would argue fat unfortunately and the other interesting thing is she's not particularly smart in the comic books she's super brainy she's really really smart and in the show she's not she's just you know a little bit nerdy and honestly her entire character is afraid and scared and nervous and doesn't have any confidence. And now that I've listened to your podcast, that makes perfect sense to me. But I also thought it was really interesting and just a terrible portrayal and perpetuation of fat or overweight women in media. And I thought that it would be interesting to hear your thoughts and talk about it. Hannah, thank you so much for this question. I shamefully have to say, I've only watched episodes one through three of season one of Riverdale. I do desperately want to catch up. So yeah, so I'm excited to be able to talk about this because this is like actually the kind of TV we talk about all the time. It's just like a a mistake that I haven't watched all of this specific (laughs) show. Yeah, so let's talk about Veronica Lodge's family being Latinx in the show and not in the comics and how they're the only ones in town who are Latinx and they're like bad from what they're the they're drug like, runners or whatever they're part of the mob honestly my guess would be just from like working in tv a little bit is that they needed 
diversity <laughs> and hadn't found the actress yet, then found the actress and just made her family Latinx yeah. and did not realize the implications. That's also my guess because I don't really think they're tr- they're saying something like the way it comes off is definitely like a racist stereotype. Yeah, the I way just, you're saying they it. just don't know what they're doing. But I think that's it's probably more likely that they found what's her name who plays Veronica, and then they were like, oh okay, we'll do it this way, and they were like a brown family, great, and didn't think about it at all. Camilla Mendez yeah. is the actress. She's also gorgeous. She's great. She's so beautiful. People don't realize there's a narrative already existing, but if you apply it to a person of color, it comes with another, like, implication. That's something that, like, later in post, they're like, oh, wait, we did racism. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that happens all the time. It's not an excuse. It's just, like, you know, the people in power are not people of color. The people who are in power are super busy, and they just have to, like, get it done. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the CW is great about representation in general. It doesn't surprise me. that they did this. I do think it's like kind of like a one step forward, two steps back thing where it's like, it's great that Veronica is, is is played by a Latinx person. It's bad that they didn't think about this. I mean, again, it's like a generous interpretation on our part that they're not thinking it through. Cause for all we know, there could be someone in there who's like, yeah, Latinx people are all hoodlums or like whatever. Hannah also asked us about the character Ethel. And so both Sophie and I fell out before this character was introduced, but we Googled Ethel and she's played by the same actress that plays Barb on Stranger Things. Barb, chill. Okay. So I really want to read this little blurb from the fan Wikia. Okay. I love Wikias cause it's like, this is what the fandom thinks of this character. Like this is what they decided and put out there. So this is what Ethel's trunk says. Ethel is a lovely young lady with pale skin and light brown hair and eyes. She's a little on the heavier side, being labeled by the Riverdale Bulldogs as big girl. But this does not take away from her beauty. (laughs) We could stop there. So Hannah was saying the character Ethel is shown as not being particularly confident but also being like the chubbiest person of the cast yeah so it's kind of like again we haven't seen this far into the show but it's just that question again of like how are we showing especially fat young women on television Mm -hmm. like why is that especially since it's not a part of the comic book why is that an important personality trait to like narrow in on i just think it's like a lazy shorthand they're like oh look She's chubby, so everyone knows what that means. You don't have to develop her character. Because thin girls have to have a reason to be insecure. Mm-hmm. And fat girls, you're like, well, because you're fat. Like, obviously. New girl? Is that what I'm reduced to? Nine points? Better than big girl. 7.5. But also, like, Shannon's not fat, so. No. She's like. Maybe like a 10. Yeah, she's like a 10. <laughs> which I guess is Hollywood fat. But I'm like, you girl, you can still shop at Anthropology, so you're not fat. Mm-hmm. As far as representation, I like that Josie is black now. <laughs> I was really yeah. into Josie and the Pussycats as a kid. Ooh, if I can find the picture, I performed as Josie in a talent show in like what? fifth grade. Oh my god, put it, we'll put it <laughs> with on the my Patreon friend. post. With That's... my friend Maggie. Shout out to Maggie Arbiter. We're such nerds. That is so cute. But um, so I appreciate that. I, I always love when in interpretations they change the race of a character because you know the fans are gonna be like, but it's not canon. Yeah. Because he's white. <laughs> and I love that they like made that choice anyway. Oh my god. I, I want to see more of that in Hollywood in general. Um, but yeah, it does make me sad that their one fat character is like. She's a sad girl. Because when we were doing... I mean, we do media representation episodes all the time. I'm always trying to find fat teen characters because my favorite type of show is a teen show. There aren't any. There aren't any, except for, like, my man fat diary. We already covered that. Yeah, and then, like, the one episode of Degrassi where Paige tries to lose weight. Yeah, just that one. Every three seasons, she gets one like that. So... Hannah, thank you for the question. Just to wrap up, in a, in a Patreon post a little while ago, I talked about some comics that I really like, some other graphic novels that I really like. Um, just to name a few here that I know off the top of my head are more body pods and have like a wider representation um, of bodies and races and kinds of people. My friend Emma Steinkellner and her sister Kit, they're both writers and they um, just released a collection. You can get it on Amazon and other places. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, they just released a comics collection of their comic called Quince, which is about a Latinx girl who gets magic powers on her quinceanera and is like a superhero. Also, some other ones that have more LGBT representation, like the classic collection by Alison Bechdel called Dykes to Watch Out For. It's like kind of retro, but she writes a lot about like basically lesbian culture in like the 80s and 90s and also Noelle Stevenson is a writer and 
comic graphic novelist, comic, comic maker. I don't know the right word. A comic maker. Drawer, an illustrator. Okay. She writes this really cute series on like this funny camp and also Nimona, which is her book that's um, a graphic novel that's about like a girl who's more than she seems and she's also like cute and curvy. And then just Bitch Planet is this like old indie comic about a planet, like a future, a dystopian future where women who like rebel against the literal patriarchy are sent to Bitch Planet. Wow. (laughs) It's pretty fun. Give me a one-way ticket. I really hope that we get a lot of response on this. I want to hear everyone's thoughts on Riverdale. I want to hear everyone's thoughts on Bethel and everything else. So please email us, tweet us, yes. call us, beep us. Call if you want to meet us. Send us a question. This was so fun. All the resources we mentioned will be in our episode notes. Thank you so much for your letter, Hannah. Now let's move on to It's Okay You Can Ask, a segment where we unpack whiteness, blackness, and white lady witch culture. <laughs> we'll find out the answers to our burning questions like... <laughs> Say it. Whatever happened to Lil Romeo? (laughs) Or what is a chutney? April. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is less a like explain to me thing, but more just like I'm kind of curious about the things that you separate from me in your life. What do you mean? You're always just talking about like you're the only white person I accept or whatever and it's like half a joke no i'm gonna get at it (laughs) so you hate us april no it's like half a joke but like i'm i'm always very curious about what that means like what happens in the part of your life you don't allow white people into not that i don't allow but it's just kind of like you wouldn't understand but like what's in there so what's in there is like me having to stay up all night to detangle my hair because my hair is so thick and I'm tired. Can you tell me or about like, that? Yeah, I tell you about that. Or like, yeah, somebody saying something racist to me and me just sighing because I don't want to deal with it. Like, you're basically asking me, like, what do I talk about with my black friends? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> talk about with you. Okay, let me look at our group chat and see. Okay. Okay, and here we, like, complain about white people <laughs> to each other. Again, you still and do then, that to me. Um, talk about Kofi Sirabo a lot. You still do that with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Does it feel just different, though, with not white people? Yeah. So, for example, if I, like, tell you a story of something racist happening to me, I might have to start with, like, sometimes when I go to CVS, I get followed around. And yeah. When I say sometimes, I mean every time I go to CVS, I get followed around. But if I'm with my other women of color friends, I'm like, so I was r- at Rite Aid, and they're like, and you're being followed around, right? <laughs> because they're also being followed around. Oh, my God. That's just a re- So it's just, it's more about, like, being able to relax, knowing that, like, we get it. We're on the same page. And it's also nice because it's, like... I get to talk about stuff that I noticed but didn't totally process because if I'm, like, around other white people, if I'm just, like, busy, we'll be able to unpack stuff that is, like, problematic or that bothered us or that felt not offensive but something that fell off in society and culture or whatever and mm-hmm. we'll get to, like, unpack it together. Yeah. And it's not like we have the same experiences. Like, I'm African. I'll have a different um, view than my friend who isn't yeah. but it's kind of just like a similar language a similar shorthand so we're able to process like how we felt about different things and why we felt those things based on our identity so it's like when you're around other women of color we get to just like take it off I'm like okay I don't have to have the face of like no I'm good I'm cute see I'm good I'm not gonna punch you in the face I'm good see I'm like I'm yeah. good see that's so it's like, definitely you're totally right that's not a thing white women can like relate to I mean, we also, we walk around with the other half of, like, womanhood, Mm -hmm. which is being, like, don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Yeah. (laughs) But it doesn't have that, like, added. And we have both, like, don't hurt me and also, like, and I won't hurt you. Does it feel, like, bad to tell someone, like, if you tell me about those things, does it feel bad in a way to tell me about them since I can't get it? It doesn't feel bad, but it's just, like, look, I'm looking for the relief of someone else has had it too too. and so it just is a different feeling it's like you know you got hit by a bus and you sit by your friend and she also got hit by a bus and we're both just like huh sucks about the bus (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like that that makes sense like we're close in ways i'm not with other people but it's just for that specific type of relationship i'm not that i'm like i wish i were followed too it's just that it's like (laughs) it sucks that like the difference in our identities creates that space Mm -hmm. that like i never can like fill that listening space for you but I don't know I am always like 
What can I, what do I not get to hear? Isn't there anything fun? There, no, there's, there's fun stuff. There's fun stuff, but it's all based on the shared cultural currency thing. So, like, I pick up my, my Instagram and show them, like, the latest Cardi B video. But if I show it with you, it's first, who's Cardi B? Like, yeah. where does she come from? That's and then, then you see the video. I'm sure there are. That's just me specific. I'm sure there's other white people who would get that better, though. Yeah, it really, it really is just a relief. It's just the idea that, like especially if we're talking about a pop culture thing or whatever, I have the freedom to get as mad or as worked up as I want and mm-hmm. no one's going to be secretly thinking like, wow, that angry black woman should really calm down. I don't have to worry about like feeding into any stereotypes because that's something yeah. I'm always conscious about just moving in the world. Like the reality is like, yeah, sometimes I'm like really angry. Like sometimes <laughs> I'm really sassy. Sometimes I like roll my eyes. I'm like feeding into a stereotype, but I'm also like being myself. That's who you're that being, actually yeah. is who I am. And so it's like I don't have to think about what stereotypes I'm reinforcing and who else is going to be taking their experience with me and applying it to other black people or whatever. Thanks for sharing, April. I love you. And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to fyi at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important to making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Kahn and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. This week, we're posting more information, resources, and readings about being the fat friend just for our Patreon supporters. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo was by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Maria Wartell. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye! One hundred six in Park is the futuristic version of Eleanor in Park, where the girl is just a robot <laughs> named Number One Hundred Six. I love you, One Hundred Six. Bye, love you. <laughs> hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.